Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Big news out of Saudi Arabia and Russia. They're actually cutting production of oil once again. Let's go through this article from CNBC and try to figure out what exactly this means about the global economy. There's much more to this story than just the price of oil. So let's get right over to CNBC and check it out. The headline, oil settles up on expectations of U.S. crude draws and tight supply. So the tight supply that they're referencing are the assumption that we'll have tighter supply in the future due to these production cuts that were just announced by Saudi Arabia and Russia. So let's just go to this first paragraph. Yeah, oil prices settled higher Wednesday, reversing earlier declines as traders anticipated further draws on U.S. crude oil inventory following extended production cuts in Saudi Arabia and Russia. So futures were up nine, $90.60 a barrel, while WTI futures up $0.85 cents to 87.54. Both benchmarks rose by one dollar then paired gains okay so well actually let's hear what bob yager has to say he is director of energy futures also at mizuho says we have pretty low crude supplies in the u.s with several weeks of big crude oil draws pushing prices up right but well, let's think about this here for a moment let's take a step back and ask why is saudi arabia and russia cutting production with oil at let's just say 85 dollars a barrel why would they do that? Do they want it at 100, 120? No, because at a certain point, it reduces demand towards the price of oil. We're going to get more into that in just a moment because that ties into the dollar, what we were talking about in our last video. In fact, Josh, remind me to connect those dots here. I'm going to write that down. Okay, but getting back to the article, we've got to put ourselves in the position. Now, you could say that, well, they're trying to stick it to the United States and Putin and uh, MBS or whatever his name is in Saudi Arabia, they know that if oil prices go up, that's going to impact the U.S. consumer negatively, and there's they're more likely to vote for Trump, let's say. Uh, okay, maybe, but now we're talking about something that's going to happen in 2024, and I, I highly doubt that's what this is all about. I think this is more about what the New York Fed is saying right now. So let's go right over to the New York Fed's website. Now, this is not the George Gammon website. This is not the Alex Jones website. And I don't mean that, and I always use Alex Jones as an example, but I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying, I don't know Alex. Uh, I'm just saying that because most people put him in the category of tinfoil hatter, which by the way, over the last three years, I think that's a, a badge of honor. <laughs> that means that you've been right like 99% of the time. But anyway, I want to emphasize, this is not a chart that George Gammon created. This is not one of George Gammon's thumbnails. This is not one of George Gammon's titles. This is not the clickbait, blah, 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 that I'm always accused of. This is from NewYorkFed.org. Probability of recession 12 months ahead of term spread readings. So their probability of recession right now, as we speak, it was almost 75%, about 70.85. It's come down slightly to 66%. But I just listened to a podcast, Forward Guidance, with, uh, with Jack, Jack Farley, who's fantastic, and uh, David Rosenberg. And Rosenberg was talking about another New York Fed chart 
that I, I can't find for some reason. I've been looking for it for about a half hour where they combine three points of the yield curve into this kind of predictive formula that they have. And that, and again, from the New York Fed, not from Alex Jones' website, <laughs> is predicting like a 97% chance of recession in 2024 or within the next 12 months, let's say. So do we really think going back to the oil prices and the oil production cuts that Saudi Arabia and Russia aren't looking at the exact same data that we're looking at here on the Rebel Capitals channel? Of course they are. Of course they are. But they're not looking at this through the bullish bias that Wall Street has in an effort to try to keep their job. We've been talking about that psychological dynamic a lot lately on this channel. But let's keep going down the article here because there's some more interesting points. So more specifically, they extended voluntary oil supply cuts to year end. So the Saudis cuts were 1 million barrels per day while Russia has cut 300,000. So it looks like they're not cutting more barrels. Uh, they're just extending the cuts that were already there that were supposed to expire soon. These were on top of the April cuts. Okay, so <laughs> we've got cuts on top of cuts on top of cuts, but these specific cuts I think they're just extending. And keep in mind, with all these cuts and with everything that's going on with inflation expectations, the Fed raising rates, the economy is hot, resilient, consumer, no landing, all of that stuff. We're still at 87, which I know is higher than normal. Um, but I think with the production side being as low as it is, you would have to look out a few, uh, you know, a few months or so, or maybe into 2024, and assume that something's going on with the demand side that doesn't really add up because the supply side is so constrained. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now we're tying in the dollar, which is what we talked about in the last video. Against a basket of currencies, the dollar rose to a high of 105 today, above the six-month high of 104.9 touched overnight, a dollar, the stronger dollar can weigh on oil demand, making crude more expensive for holders of other currencies. Bam, the nail has been hit on the head. So my point that I'm trying to make is I think the highest probability as far as why what's prompting these production cuts or the extension of these production cuts is they're looking into the future six months or 12 months and they're seeing demand drop off a cliff. They're saying demand is gonna plummet and even, let's just assume for a moment, that the economic conditions stayed the same minus the dollar. When you layer over everything else that's happening with a stronger dollar, 
assuming that's where we're headed here, that means that it's harder for these other countries to buy the oil they need. And remember, oil, energy, is the economy. So if energy becomes more and more and more expensive based in your own currency, because remember here, let's say you're Japan, you've got to buy oil in dollars and you've got to import a heck of a lot of oil. That's mandatory for your economy. So that's going to cost you, even if the price of oil stays the same, which has gone up lately, if the dollar goes up relative to the yen, that means that oil is even more expensive for you. So at a certain point, that in and of itself starts to lower demand. Lower demand for overall energy means it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, for the economy to not just grow at a slower pace, but not to go back down into recession. And again, that's what I think these guys in Russia and Saudi Arabia, that's the crystal ball that they're looking into. And this is why they're cutting supply, because they're trying to get ahead of this demand cliff that they see coming, especially it's going to be exacerbated, most likely, by the dollar going up, assuming that it continues. So the next question becomes, where do we think the dollar is going to go? Now let's go over the DXY, and I'm going to implement some of the things that I learned from the hedge fund managers that I was hanging out with in St. Bart's, with Hugh Hendry, with uh, Brent Johnson, with Jeff, although Jeff's not uh, a hedge fund manager, but there were uh, five or so other guys there that managed quite literally billions of dollars. And we went through these exercises as to how they execute trades and what they're thinking about right now. And one of the easiest things that they all do is just look for these the charts, these support and resistance levels. Now, first and foremost, they'll start with a macro theme. We talked about that in that webinar that I did in Rebel Capitals Pro the other day. If you want to check that out, you can go to georgegammon.com forward slash pro. It's about a two-hour deep dive. But they've got a five-step process that I reviewed in that webinar. And it starts with the macro view, then what happens as a result of this macro view. And then you get to the point where you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the best risk reward to express this trade or express this bet? You got to look at the chart. This gives you a little bit of an idea of timing. So what these guys like to do is look at this line. So right now we're at 104.83, but notice that is slightly above this uh, last high that I think they were talking about in this article. Let's say it's just a 104.2, 104.3, but it has not eclipsed the high that we saw back, uh, let's just call it February or so, at 105.26. So what these guys would do including Hugh, and this is how he used to run his fund, is he, if he was bullish on the dollar, let's say, because of you know what they're doing with the oil supply cuts, just kind of another indicator that they're seeing things the same way that you're seeing things, then they would not assume that the dollar would rip higher from here. What they would do is they'd wait. And when it closed over, what was it, 105.26, and if it closed over that for, let's just say, a week straight, especially on something like heavy volume, they would assume that the next move or this is starting a new uptrend in the dollar. If we, and why I'm talking about this in terms of oil and in terms of the global economy is that's going to, assuming this happens, let's just say in the next couple of weeks and the dollar starts to trend higher once it breaks that resistance at 105.26, that means the next stop for the dollar, who knows, could be 110, could be going back up to what we saw at 114. And if 105 creates less demand for dollar. What does 114 create? And that's not even talking about the global denominated debt that we referenced in, I think, the first or second video that we went over today and how the Chinese yuan is going down against uh, the dollar 
but up against other currencies, which means those other currencies are going down even further against the dollar. So main takeaway here is we've got to watch that dollar very, very carefully, because I think that's really what Saudi Arabia and or that's one of the main metrics that Saudi Arabia and Russia is looking at, which prompts them to do these supply cuts because they see that demand cliff coming up very, very quickly. So the key point there is around 105, uh, one, I think it was 105.26. When we see a couple days closing higher than that, we know that the, then it could be on an uptrend and that's going to exacerbate everything that we've been seeing in the news over the last couple of days. And it could potentially mean that Saudi Arabia and Russia come out with another uh, supply cut, which might be bullish for the price of oil temporarily, but it's definitely not bullish for the global economy. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. If you want to check out that deep dive that I do on that, the five takeaways or the five-step process that those hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars, kind of the epiphany that I had in St. Bart's, you can check that out, georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you in the next video.